Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off.
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Can you imagine what it would be like to walk into a home, open up the front door, look to your right, and the living room is there, only it's full of human heads? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Rush Limbaugh. We're going to talk about anti-racist math. And we're going to talk about my favorite thing in the world, me being right yet again about something. What, Chris? What? I have been given this nickname, The Oracle. All right, by the people, really by myself, but then everybody just pick up and rip it. <laughs> Gosh, it's going to be a good day. But first, the whole human head thing. That was real. Allow me to walk you all the way to that. And yes, I'm going to get to Rush Limbaugh in just a little bit, obviously. We all, everybody, every single person, friends, enemies, doesn't matter who you are, Owes that guy something. Everybody who does what I do for a living, for sure. What a legend. What a legend. Rest in peace, Rush. Manila. Have you ever, I mean, some of you undoubtedly have traveled there because, look, my people are obviously well-traveled people. What, Chris? Many of you maybe have traveled there. I personally have not. They didn't, they didn't have Manila in the Philippines, in Ohio. Uh, But if you haven't, I highly suggest you do, if you're at a safe place to do it, a little image search of Manila in the Philippines. It's gorgeous. It's just one of those places. I, I, it looks so cool and the huge bay it's, it's, it's just, it looks awesome, right? Chris, see, Chris just looked it up and it, it, it just looks awesome. And It was known, is known, as the Pearl of the Orient, which, what a cool name anyway. There was the Pearl of the Orient. Let's do a little backstory on Manila, very brief, before we get to our story today. It was originally a Spanish colony, you know, that whole colonial era. It was a Spanish colony. And then we fought a war with the Spanish that we started called the Spanish-American War. What, Chris? What? Remember the main, just a a brief background on it because I don't want to blow through this for those who may not know. It was fought in Cuba between us and the Spanish and the war kicked off when a naval ship of ours called the Maine blew up and we blamed it all on the Spanish and our disgusting newspapers. This was the, the real yellow journalism era. All ran with stories blaming the Spanish and to this day there's, there's, there's really no indication it was the Spanish at all. It could have been some guy burning cigarettes down by the ship's magazine where they keep all the gunpowder. <laughs> but Spain was on the on the downhill swing big time, and we were on the uphill swing big time, and we thought, ah, let's go ahead and flex a little bit. We fight the Spanish-American War, and part of the Spanish-American War was giving us the Philippines. You know, when you lose a war, you sit down and you got to give some things up. We, Americans, we are not, nor should you ever think of us as being totally anti-imperialist. 
in my opinion, we should have been more imperialist. But but we were just like everybody else. When we're starting to flex a little bit, we're starting to get strong. We're looking around. We just won a war. War. England has all these colonies, and France has all these colonies. Why shouldn't we have some colonies? I want some colonies. It's just part of what made you a power. We decided we were going to colonize the Philippines after the Spanish had done it. We colonized the Philippines. It is rough in the beginning. I've done a story or two on it before. I'll do a story or two later. The Filipino people, much to their credit, a real fierce independent streak, not the type to just lay down for their new colonial masters. You see, they wanted the Spanish gone badly. They're like, we're finally free. Oh, wait. America just took over. This didn't this didn't work out well for us at all. And they had all these tribes there, and there was just vicious fighting, and we did vicious things, and they did vicious things. But let's fast forward through all that. Because to our credit, America looked around and realized, you know, there's probably a better way to be a colonial power. You don't actually have to kill everyone. I mean, you can kill some people. It's, that's part of being a colonial power, it seems to be. I don't, I don't know of a colonial power who did it any differently. But what if, what if we just made sure they were our friends and just helped them out? And we did. And it was the coolest colonial experience ever. Remember, I told you, all colonial powers, all, all colonial experiences are not the same. Yes, there are brutal, genocidal, oppressive ones. And then there are several across the world. Don't listen to your idiot college professor. There are several across the world that have been huge benefits to the people who lived there. Gave them huge technological leaps forward, medical leaps forward, infrastructure leaps forward. America figures out, you know what? We're going to do this right. And America starts building up the nation. I'm talking about sewer systems. I'm talking about modern buildings, modern modernizing all their infrastructure, educating their children. We start making it a haven for American businesses, which the Filipinos loved because American businesses bring American businessmen. When American businessmen come over, they look around and they want to make this lovely Filipino place a little bit more like America. Soon they have air conditioning, air conditioned movie theaters. But America is doing it smartly. They bring in these city planners. And what we're doing in a place like Manila is we're blending the Spanish influence, the traditional Filipino stuff, and American. So it was this gorgeous blend of a city with all this cool architecture. And it was a booming business hub. And I mean booming. We'll get to why this mattered in a moment, but we had... Tons of American families over there. It was just beautiful. We're talking early 1900s here. Beautiful. A Mecca. And it was a hub for the U.S. military. If you're in the U.S. military, it was one of the choice posts. Look, if you're an officer and you're, let's say you're an officer and you're a married man, there are a bunch of really crappy places you can be stationed around the world. It's hard to tell the missus, honey, we're doing a year in Yemen. It's a little easier when you're like, honey, 
How about a year on the beach? How's that sound? Oh, yes, there's shopping and everything. How's that sound? And let's set aside the older, more mature married men. If you're a young person in the U.S. military and you're offered a post in the Philippines where the beer is basically free and the women are hot, if you're into that sort of thing, it's not. you don't exactly have to twist arms to get that done either. It became a military hub, and there was a great relationship there between MacArthur and our military and the Filipino people. What I'm saying is leading up to World War II, this was not a contentious relationship at all. We loved them, and they loved us. It was awesome. And then Japan came. And I realize you probably have been listening for quite a while, but we continue to pick up affiliate after affiliate after affiliate, which means we have new listener after new listener after new listener. So we're going to have to do a brief background on the Japanese. By the way, speaking of affiliates, let's give a shout out today to the great WDYZ in Orlando, one of our favorites right there. The Japanese leading up to World War II, well, it was a great time and and a bit of a rough time. We're going to explain that here in a little bit. And Rush Limbaugh's greatest quotes in his legacy. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. I hate beats. I can't possibly express to you how much I despise the taste of beats. I can't even smell beats. And when I was first told, because somebody told me about Super Beats Heart Chews, about how good they are for you and things like that, and I blew them off. I thought, I'm not eating anything that tastes like beets. And my buddy said, no, listen, listen, try them. Try one. He swore to me they taste nothing like beets. They taste nothing like beets. I have pomegranate berry. That's my favorite flavor. They have super grapes now. It is good for you, and it doesn't taste like beets. 100% natural, not medication. Take care of your heart and blood pressure by eating two fruit snacks every day. Go to getsuperbeets.com slash jesse. That's getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. And get this, you buy two bags, the third is free. We are going to get in trouble today. We have agonized over playing this one soundbite, but it's a great one, and we're going to get in trouble. I would guess about 40, 45 minutes from now, so you better soak up the old Battle of Manila story, because this one might be our last. (laughs) 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday Give me your questions. You can call live tomorrow. You can leave a voicemail. If we're off the air, I'll I'll, I'll go for those. You can email, and I know many of you already have. We're setting them aside. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. For you new ones, 
We screw off on Fridays here on the Jesse Kelly Show. All week long, there's enough bad news and bad stuff that happens and ugly stuff out there. On Fridays, I read your email questions as a doctor who has almost three years of community college credits, and I give you answers. They don't have to be about politics. They can. It can be history, men, women, food, stupid survival scenarios. Almost undoubtedly every week there's an animal fight, like who would win. (laughs) Almost undoubtedly I'll be placed in some kind of animal fight. And you know what? That's fine too. On Friday, we kick back and have a good time on this show. Back to the lead up to Manila. Japan was, I do not want to call it backward. Frankly, if I wasn't such a fan of the Japanese people and Japanese culture, I would call it backward because I'm a jerk. But because I'm a fan, I'll just simply say They were not advancing like the rest of the world because they were such an insular society. I want you to think about, you know, time of the samurai, that kind of stuff. They just weren't, they weren't trading with the outside world. They were cut off, so they weren't advancing. They got a real bad wake-up call. Uh Uh-oh, we better advance or we're going to get taken over. They choose just on sheer force of will, called the Meiji Restoration, they choose to advance their nation all of a sudden. They send people all over the world to find out how all the best people are doing everything, industry, military, everything, and they bring it all back to Japan, and they just do it. And now what we have is something really awesome and something really terrible at the same time. What you have by the 1900s, the early 1900s, is a nation wealthy, powerful, Strong, strong military. I'm talking holding their own against the other other major powers of the world, Russia and whatnot. Strong military. These people are set, but with more of an older, ancient world sensibility. What do I mean by ancient world sensibility? Look, we talk a lot about the Mongols on this show and Alexander the Great and all these, these different conquerors. And what have you heard me say a thousand times when I talk about sieges and conquers and things like that? When a city falls, laying siege to a city, when a city falls, that city is sacked in really, really, really ugly ways. Because you and I can't see pictures of uh, the Mongols sacking some city somewhere because it was pre-photographed. We don't have it burned into our memories But the entire history of mankind is armies sacking a city, taking over a territory, and doing absolutely horrible things to the people who were there. Sometimes the lucky ones got to die. That's just the way it was. The things done to the women, the children, I'm not going to go into it. Like I said, it's it's too ugly. That's how warfare has always been conducted in the history of the world. And here you have Japan, early 1900s. They have advanced so much as a society in every possible way, except for that whole the world's sensibilities have changed when it comes to war thing. That's still how the Japanese conducted warfare. When they took over, they would do whatever they wanted to you and did often and enjoyed it. 
there were, I mean, I don't know how many of these old timers are left now, but remember this, our World War II veterans, I have had the pleasure of hanging with these guys a lot at various things. So many of my guys who fought in Italy or Germany or whatnot, they have either had like reunions with German troops or the or Italian troops or stuff. Or they'll talk about. It, they'll go back and visit. I have. I don't think I've shoot. I don't think I've talked to one veteran of the Pacific Theater who would even visit Japan. A deep hatred there of the things they saw, uh, of things that were done. Now let's go back to Manila, beginning of the war. We get run out of the Philippines. Not going to go into all that today, but Japan takes over the Pearl of the Orient. And they think, because they're just people get so out of touch sometimes, not that we'd ever see that today, but they think they're going to be welcomed by the Filipino people. Hey, man, I, I'm, I'm Asian, and you're Asian? We ran out those dirty Americans? Aren't, shouldn't we be friends? But the Filipino people... Didn't want that at all. They said, I don't, I don't care that you're Asian. The, the Americans and I were getting along great. You're brutalizing us. We hate you. Hate you. And so, again, to their credit, the Filipino people decided they were not just going to lay down and take this Japanese occupation, which turned out to be three years. Three years. The Japanese take over Manila. You can imagine what that's like. The, the atrocities they committed, the things they did to the Filipino people. But the Filipino people began almost immediately a guerrilla insurgency. They would routinely ambush the Japanese. The Japanese were always trying to hunt down these underground insurgent units. The Filipino people would hunt down the Filipino businessmen who collaborated with the Japanese in order to make life easier. Not that we would see anything like that in the United States of America today. We would never see American corporations siding with the enemy because it's easier, right? That wouldn't happen. But the Filipino people fight back. And remember at the beginning of the show when I said there were a bunch of American citizens there? A bunch of you know, businessmen, businessmen's families, army personnel. The Japanese swept into Manila so fast that many of our people didn't have a chance to get out. And the Japanese obviously brutalized the Filipino people. They would brutalize anybody who, who was a prisoner of war. But they weren't as terrible to many of the civilians, American civilians in Manila because they weren't fighters. They didn't, they, when they surrendered, they were just civilians who were there. And the Japanese weren't sure what to do with them. They didn't treat them well. But they weren't torturing them to death either. So what they did was they put them in a place called Santo Damas. And I actually should do a whole show on Santo Damas one time. It was a campus where they stuffed all the American businessmen, the American businessmen's families, army nurses, Navy nurses, and just put them in this area. And what they did was they didn't you know, kill them and torture them. But they bound them in there like it was a prison and essentially said, you're on your own. Goodbye. Have fun. You're not allowed to leave. And it's really one of the cooler tales. I sh I'm going to do a totally separate show on it another time. The American civilians there just started their own government. 
They started their own government. They had schooling for children. They had medicine. They had golf lessons because they were golf bros. They're the Americans just decided, well, I guess we're going to make this place America then. It's really cool. Santo Damas, highly recommend you look it up. All right, I'm going to try to wrap this up because we have so much to get to today, including Democrats losing the suburbs. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wait, wait, proving me, not myself. <laughs> I, sound like a, I sound like one of these idiots. All right, I have a poll here proving me to be right, so you know I'll be talking about that shortly. Anti-racist math being pushed from, oh, look at that. Bill and Melinda Gates. What a shock. <laughs> All right, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Remember, I'm also on Locals, and that's the place I can't be kicked off. I will be kicked off the others probably soon, so you can always find me there. I'll try to connect with as many of you as humanly possible. Now, Manila. It's bad. The Japanese occupation is bad, and not just because of the things they do to the Filipino people. The Japanese are... Just think about what it takes to run any major city. What it takes to be uh, to run the infrastructure of any major city in peacetime, right? In peacetime, how often are there little mini disasters all over the place in a major city? There's a trash disaster. I mean, I'm staring out right now. I'm staring out the window at Houston. Half the city's dark because there's a power disaster. There's always something going wrong when you stack that many people in one area. Life happens. Things are going to things are going to go bad, right? That's in peacetime, now you are an occupying military force. The city itself, while you're thrilled you have it, is not a huge priority to your war effort, so you're not exactly pouring money and resources into it, nor do you have a lot of money and resources as the war goes on. Remember, Japan didn't have the resources. That's part of the reason they started the war to begin with. 
And this, by 1945, remember, we're talking the end of the war here, you really don't have anything. The city is absolutely dysfunctional in a complete state of disrepair. Uh, China comes in and takes over a major city where you live. But they're fighting a bunch of wars in other places. In three years, what do you think the transportation situation would be like in the city? What do you think the food supply situation would be like in the city? Remember, you're a POW. China's running everything. How do you think things are working out for you? It's a disaster. It's a human rights disaster. People are starving. Civilians are starving. Our own people in Santo Domas are going hungry. People are selling rats. There are stories of people selling children. It's it's really, really bad. And America starts moving through the Philippines. Remember Douglas MacArthur, when he got run out of the Philippines, famously said, I shall return. And this is his triumphant return. He has to take Manila. He thinks, turns out very stupidly, he thinks initially the Japanese are essentially going to back out of Manila. They had about 17,000 men in Manila. He thinks they're going to back out and fight somewhere else and let him have it. The Japanese have other plans. The Americans find a battle plan. The Japanese had somehow lost or left laying around And there was something on that battle plan for the defense of Manila that creeped them out, and it would be creepy. You see, by now, the Americans knew how the Japanese fought. They knew how ferocious they were. They find the Manila battle plan, and they see all these things about defending here and defending there, and that's going to be a problem. But you know what they don't see? They don't see any route of escape for the Japanese. And they immediately, by this point in the war, know what that means. Every single man in Manila plans to die here. And this is a major city. A major city. So, the Americans have to make a choice. And choices are so difficult so often in life. We like to teach our kids, you know, there's right and wrong. And there's, and obviously there is right and wrong. I'm not saying there's not, but so much of life is gray and poor choices. This is this beautiful city. MacArthur has all these American troops ready to go in. You know the Japanese are dug in in there in some way. You don't know how dug in, but you know you have to go take it. You know there are a bunch of innocent Filipino civilians in there. How do you handle explosives if you're an American? Well, there's an apartment complex right there. Uh, There's definitely some Filipino citizens in there. It's right next to a building where Japanese troops are dug in. We could drop some bombs from the air on the Japanese troops. You're going to kill some of those civilians almost undoubtedly. But you say to yourself, okay, we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. Those people are innocent. And you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. But understand what you've just done. You've just guaranteed American troops will die who didn't have to die. MacArthur initially says, no, no bombs, no artillery. And his men start riding him about it. Buddy, you understand what that means? No bombs, no artillery. Are you out of your mind? And they start giving him the business about it. MacArthur finally relents. And look, the truth is we wrecked that city. 
in order to get the Japanese out. There's a, there's a huge fight almost in the beginning that takes place. How wild would this be in the baseball stadium? The Japanese were dug in under the bleachers, and the Americans are out on the baseball field trying to get to the Japanese under the bleachers. The Americans had built these buildings, huge concrete rebar buildings, like government buildings, like a post office and legislature and things like that. And you go see pictures of them to this day. And the Japanese would plan on this horrible siege, dying to the last man. They go to the bottom of these buildings and drill wells into the floor so they could have water, so they could hold out as long as possible. This was the fiercest urban fighting in all of the Pacific theater, the Battle of Manila. And the Japanese, they set up all the, I mean, these are people who had mastered, mastered horror. They had mastered creating terror for their enemies by the things they had done and the way they conducted themselves. And so they had booby traps, mines absolutely everywhere. They would set up all these obstacles, turned over trucks and the concrete blocks in the streets so you couldn't go down the streets. The Americans would have to fight from building to building and blow holes in the walls of the building to try to get through to the other ones. And we're, we're losing so many guys in these buildings because we talked about building fighting yesterday. We're having to flamethrow Japanese soldiers down a You ever shoot a flamethrower down a hallway? Ever burn somebody to death? And the Japanese are conducting themselves. There's no defense of it. There's no defense of it. You know I'm a fan. But they conduct themselves like monsters. Almost as petty revenge, they start taking out the inevitable loss of the city on the civilians. They had a hospital there that served as a, I mean, I don't. you know I don't like to use the word on the show. It served as the basically official headquarters where Filipino women were brought. And abused. Remember that room full of heads I talked about in the beginning? I didn't make that story up. The Japanese would go to the more well-to-do neighborhoods, upper middle class neighborhoods, the Filipino ones. They would just storm in all the houses, obviously take the women, take any fighting age male because they didn't want they didn't want these American loyal fighting age males turning against them as the Americans came, blindfolded them all, took them all to a house took them up to the second floor where there was a hole in the floor and they hung them over this hole in the floor and decapitated all of them. And the Americans are discussing, and these are Americans who had seen horrible things before. When they're taking the city, they're walking into homes like this and imagine that feeling, walking into a home and seeing a room full of heads. They filled up the room full of heads. They had to move to another building full of heads. It will not come as a shock to you. One of the Japanese commanders in charge of all this was one of, I believe he may have been the first guy put on war crimes trial. He was hanged immediately after or hung. I went to community college. I don't understand how to use basic words. Hang on. We're going to wrap this up and then pay homage to rush real quick. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, 
They call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Life is all about choices. And don't let anybody lie to you, kids. They're not always easy choices to make. They're just not. They're not always clean. There's not, and I say this again for the people in the back. And I say this specifically to the suburban soccer moms who I'm going to talk to very directly here shortly. There's not a clean way to win a war. You understand that Americans, as they were cleaning out Manila from from the Japanese scourge that had been abusing them so horribly, you understand that Americans did and saw terrible things to do that, right? You understand Americans came across dead civilians, women, children, who weren't killed by the Japanese. They were killed by American bombs. We don't like to think about that. I don't either. It's not like I like to dwell on something like that. But hard choices, hard, horrible things That's not the exception. That's life. Half the time you come back from some horrible place and people talk about, you know, PTSD or struggling with things. Half the time, because you don't feel great about stuff you had to do. That's life. Remember that. Now, Rush Limbaugh. Let's talk about this for a moment because I've seen a lot of things over the last 24 hours and I need to correct some things. Rush Limbaugh was not the greatest radio guy ever. He was the greatest there will ever be. There will never be another Rush Rush Limbaugh. I don't believe it's humanly possible. There there are things that are – there are once-in-a-lifetime talents out there. You know, I mean, even his voice was perfect. Chris, you know what? Pull up any Rush Limbaugh clip. I don't care. Who has a voice like this? That This is something God just made you for. Like, like God, God made Rush Limbaugh sound like that. You can't. Who sounds like that? People talk to me about my voice. I never thought I had a good voice. People talk to me about it. I, I don't. It's not in the same league as this freaking guy. Do you have it, Chris? You have something from Rush? As a right-wing doc. Earned him a national... 
Terry. Wait, we need segregated buses. This Obama's America. The NFL all too America. I mean, he just, like it was him. awesome, man. And the way he related to the average dude, the working man. Rush Limbaugh educated not a generation, two generations of Americans on what we should believe, on how we should conduct ourselves. And do you know that Rush Limbaugh used to go in places because he was just stupid rich by the end, as he should be. He was worth every penny. You know he used to go in places and eat a meal and tip a waitress $10,000? Do you know Rush Limbaugh used to do that? Oh, of course, he didn't advertise that. But that's the kind of person that guy was. There is no conservative media without Rush Limbaugh, period. There's not. I don't care if you're in this business and you hate him, whether you're on the right or on the left. This business is full of petty, jealous people, like any industry is. And like any industry is, like we've talked about before. Women, because they're judged on their appearance more than men, are petty and gossipy and horrible to each other over things like appearance. But there's a flip side of that coin. Men, because men are judged on their professional success, are petty and gossipy and jealous based on other guys' professional success. You run into somebody in this business who doesn't like Rush Limbaugh, it's because that guy wants to be Rush Limbaugh and can't. Period. End of story. Why do people hate Tom Brady? Completely nice guy. Gives back. You hate Tom Brady because he's won like 9,000 Super Bowls and he's married to a Brazilian lingerie model and he looks really happy. That's why you hate Tom Brady because you want to be Tom Brady. But I want to address this part of the Rush Limbaugh thing as I wrap this up here because we've got a bunch of stories we want to get to. I understand when somebody dies like Rush, People run to to be online now. They want to be on social media. I want to see what they're saying on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever or whatever whatever social media site you prefer. And obviously, the communists in America were terrible yesterday, saying the worst things you can possibly imagine. Rush this and rush, this is a great day. He's burning in hell. I mean, all these all these horrible things. Which, oh, that's fine. That's predictable, too. But what I saw bothered me. Not their comments. The right's reaction to their comments. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is a turn off social media today. I can't handle this. This is the ugly side of humanity. People are so terrible. Do you want to know the truth? You really want to know? to tell you. Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. 
I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again, testosterone-fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World, World House. House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse.